The MX Vice Show. Welcome to episode 53 of the MX Vice podcast show. Great to be back. New year, not new us. We're still here. Lewis, still alive? Yep, I'm doing well, doing well. Good, good. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, the two paracetamols did not work. Lewis well, did. did get COVID. It, I what, paracetamols? And all I did was take two paracetamols every day. Brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Even Strokes, Yoko Europe, and Talon Engineering. We're back with the same people that supported us last year. Uh, huge thanks to those guys uh, for hanging in there with us. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring rayon technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. And speaking of Fly, you can expect to see uh, a bi-weekly section from Fly's very own Jason Thomas. So head over to MX Vice and you can catch up with uh, Jason's thoughts on the Supercross series coming up. Uh, great to have him on board again this year. So uh, don't miss out on those columns. They're really uh, interesting because you get both sides of the, uh, of the industry from the racing point to actually what's going on. So um, always a good read. So Lewis. So James. Good start to the year. You're healthy, motivated, and you're back. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite. Um, I'm first of all, I'm, I'm blessed to be here. Oh wow! Well, <laughs> no, look, I'm quite excited. To be honest, Supercross is next week. I feel like I feel like like we're kind of out of off season a little bit. I mean, we're in lockdown, so that isn't great. But we are out of off season a little bit. Yeah, and you're still in the country. Um, how is that? You know, how how are you responding to that? Well. It's fair, to, it's fair to say that now that we're in national lockdown until February the 15th, it's fair to say that the dream is over, I think. Oh. Oh. I mean, I, I can't imagine that they're going to let me fly to America in the next week or so. Well, even someone who's like, um, you know, sports journalist of the year. Well, the, American, the American embassy don't know that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm actually a Supercross fan who um, is traveling to California for six weeks every year because I just love Supercross, technically. <laughs> and you get uh, your business to pay for it. Um, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, let's let's uh, rewind because uh, Christmas, people don't realize, but you, you, you had the dreaded COVID. And another thing people don't realize is you are high risk. Well, let's, first of all, the last podcast that we did, episode 52, I had COVID when I did that. 
what a trooper, first of all. Like, what a guy. What a trooper. Like, cannot believe it now. I, I reckon they'll write lyrics and songs about me in years to come. Yeah, maybe. Um, you went for it quite bad. Was it 14 days you were bedridden? Yeah, no, was, um, I don't actually know how long it was. It was, it wasn't great. It was, it was, it was a long time. It was, I've never had it where I actually couldn't do anything. I've never been ill where I actually can't do anything. And I actually couldn't do anything, which wasn't great. But, hey ho, it happens. It, to be fair, it was the best time for it to happen. I, the whole time I was locked in my um, bedroom, the one thing I did keep thinking was if this had happened during the GP season, I would have absolutely lost my shit. But you couldn't have because you were out of it. So, so did you catch up on like 2,000 uh, motocross videos and go through stats? I watched every bar to bar, which was good. I've, I kind of know them all off by heart, so it wasn't anything new, but it was just good to see it all again. And yep. I bought, uh, did you know, fun fact, Duke Video, who used to um, produce like the old GP review, year in review. Yeah, I stuff. remember, remember um, Duke Video. Crash yeah. Kings. Do you remember Crash Kings? Yeah, yeah, Crash Kings. Um, all that's like the company behind all that. It turns out on their website you can now download all of those old videos, like VHS tapes, as downloads. So I bought a lot of um old season reviews, like the two thousand and five. Everyone knows I love two thousand and five. Uh, I bought the two thousand and five season review of MXGP for six quid. So I spent a good wow. three hours watching that. Very exciting. Ah, uh, who can forget two thousand and five? Townie and Coppins, four GPs in a row, just back, back to back to back to back. What? Two, I'm, I'm telling you, 2005 was a great year for racing across the world. Did you lock your door so your mum couldn't come in while you had Coppins on well, the? Uh, my door, the my door was locked because I had um, COVID. So obviously, I didn't want to contaminate yeah. anyone. That worked. Okay, so um, good to know. So uh, actually, uh, they're not sponsoring us, but you can you can go to Duke, can you? And you can download season reviews. For around about six quid. Yeah. Who knew? Yeah. They're not great quality, but if you get COVID, it will do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you can't can't smell or taste, but you can still see that it's uh, it's still still not great quality. I I didn't actually lose my smell or taste at all. Did you not? No. Funnily enough. Hmm. My wife had COVID and she lost smell and taste. Yeah, I never read so, it. Um, I, always, I always had an appetite and stuff like that. So. What I found was quite weird is I'd say to my wife, oh, do you fancy like this for tea? And she'll go, no, I'd prefer this. And it's like, well, if you can't smell and taste anything, just be glad for what you get. Like, it's food. Sounds like you want a tight ship. I do. I do, yeah. I, I, I was just a little bit miffed. Like, well, maybe I shouldn't have just asked in the first place. Maybe I should have just gave her cheese on toast or something. <laughs> Um, so, so a few little bits um, happened. I mean, I, personally, uh, I got hit hard last night when Boris announced that uh, we were going to lockdown. It, it hit me hard. I decided that the only way to get through this was to drink pints of brandy and a cheese platter. So last night, I, I've got, I'm, I'm actually doing the podcast today with a little bit of a hangover. So uh, just thought I'd let you know that it's been a, a, a traumatic 24 hours for me. You're not a great employee, kind of got... are you? Second work day of the year and you're coming in with a hangover. Yeah, apologies for that. But I was raring to go yesterday, you know, just 
working on 2021 and, and everything's looking good. And then Boris just comes in and buggers everything up. So, but it's not his fault. It's the right thing to do and all that sort of stuff. But um, obviously it's put a lot of plans or a lot of British-based teams' plans in, into, into Jeopardy or British Championship plans with their uh, getting out on the bikes and bits and pieces. And then the whole grassroots thing, but still doesn't be, seem to be stopping Europe with um, finally the beta team being released. I want, that was a, that was one hell of a segue. Jesus. Never, if you told me that 2021 would include a, you going from Boris Johnson to beta in one foul swoop, I would have, um, I would have believed you. Via brandy and a cheese platter. Yeah, it was tough to follow that, but, and I didn't, I didn't think you were leading to beta, but well done. You got there. Yeah, we got there. Yeah, the beta team, uh, was announced and, and what do you think about Van Horbeek? I mean, I, I did read some of the comments on MX Vice, and I've got to agree with a few people that, I mean, they must obviously, I mean, Jeremy Van Horbeek is, is not exactly a cheap rider to, um, it, you know, he's already said in a statement, it's, it's about the cash. And do you what? think that's a wise choice? Wait, what? He's already said in a statement, it's about the cash. No, he hasn't. Nah, not, not, not a statement as he's put in a statement <laughs> saying, I'm, 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 he, he he, he's he's a rider, wants the money and stuff like that. It's he, he it's not a cheap. There there are cheaper alternatives, aren't there? Um, I'm sorry, I'm just a bit shaken up. Jesus, <laughs> look, I've said it a few times. I've said it when we talked about the beta rumors. Van Horbit comes with a cushy little price tag, and I'd imagine that price tag didn't exactly waver when it came to beta. So there's no doubt that he is not riding for free and he's actually making a decent living uh, off of this new deal. And so he should. He is still a top 10 rider. He is going to be, to be fair, he's more than just a rider for Beta. He is going to be a major part of their development and kind of seeing them through to the other side of this project, I guess you could say. So he deserves, I think he gets. But yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that he's making a decent living. And it's a two-year deal as well, which is actually interesting from a few points of view because to me that either means that it's a really good contract and when he tested the bike, I'm guessing he really believed in it because you're not signing a two-year deal if you're unsure about something, are you? You maybe sign a one-year deal with an option. Unless the paycheck's good. Well, either or. But um, also, two-year deal interests me because that means that beta aren't just going to see how the things go this year and, you know, Maybe they'll be back next year or maybe not. Like, clearly they're in this and this is a long-term plan, which, so that's um, encouraging as well. I feel like I've likened Van Horbeek to Beta to Coppins to Aprilia a lot. Okay. And I feel like maybe that's not quite right. Like, maybe I'm wrong with that. Because In what way? Aprilia were coming into off-road with no knowledge at all. Beta have been in enduro, so they're at least further along. As far as having a dirt bike, they're at least on the track already, whereas Aprilia were coming in, what, they would have done Supermoto and nothing else? So they were literally like, yeah, uh, who knows? Well, Beta are multiple world champions. They're not exactly just playing it in enduro. They are one of the leading manufacturers. Well, that's what kind of got me thinking. Like, If they can win in enduro, how far off the mark can they really be in motocross? 
You yeah. can't, surely you can't be that, they're not, like, surely they're not going to be to the point where maybe Van Horwick will get points on this bike. Mate, I, like, I don't know, to be honest. Who knows? But that was what got me thinking. Like, obviously, Johnny Walker signed for Beta, and they've, so they've clearly got money to invest in different disciplines. Yeah. And they've already got Steve Holcomb. And, like, just this stuff makes me think that maybe I've underestimated how good they could be. Now, don't get me wrong. Do I think that that bike is as good as any other manufacturer in a paddock? No, probably not. But maybe it's not that far off. Maybe there's not that much difference between um, riding for Factory Beta or riding for one of the smaller satellite teams. Yeah. Maybe it will be right. Who knows? Yeah, it'd be interesting. It's good to see this, uh, I, I hate to say the word resurgence, but obviously with Fantic um, winning the, was it a 125 European Championship? Um, now Beta is a GP team. Who knows? Who's next? Shurko? Well, you'd hope Suzuki, but I think that's dead. Well, they're still going with Max. They're still flying the flag in the US with Max. Yeah, in the US. That's a long way from GPs. Imagine if someone had told you that in twenty, like, imagine. Okay, so twenty sixteen was Suzuki's last. <laughs> I know. I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, uh, twenty sixteen was Suzuki's last MXGP win with Strybos. I think. Yeah, yeah. Twenty sixteen was Strybos. Uh, Lomol he went three three. Suzuki had this massive setup in the paddock with like multiple Huge. trucks yeah. made an archway to their section. Like it was ridiculous. I've never seen. I've never seen. A manufacturer have a paddock set up quite like Suzuki and Lommel that year, right? Yeah, it was very impressive. If when I, if when I was stood in that area, I had turned to you, or if I turned to Stefan Everts and said, <laughs> "Yeah, in five years, uh, Suzuki aren't going to be in this paddock at all," but I'll tell you who will be. Beta, you'd be like, "Okay, this man is on crack." But here we are, and 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 have just signed Jeremy Van Horby. Yeah, like, Van Horbeek was in talks with Suzuki quite a lot. Like, imagine, well, he's not going to go to Suzuki at any point. Beta, on the other hand, like, it's just weird, isn't it? But yes. as, as so is the world that we live in at the moment. Yeah. Well, yeah, who, who, who would have thought, you know, back in 2016, we, we basically said uh, we'd be in lockdown and not allowed to go out of our house. Well, apart from I, um, an hour a day. I've had that little, uh, I've said that to a few people. This time last year, I spent six weeks in California. If you told me then that in 12 months' time I will be spending six weeks in lockdown, I would have been like, what? What? How does that work? So, Well, you could also say uh, 12 months ago, uh, well, in November at that time, we, I bought MX Vice back. In, and who would have thought it would be a great idea to buy a business? Well, but there we so go. Are, here we are. So are the decisions you make. Yep. Yeah, we're still no, here. I, I think beat is a good thing. Good to have another manufacturer involved. I don't think it will be as shabby as maybe some people think. Um, Van Horbeck's a great rider to lead that team. They definitely couldn't have got anyone better, so that's good. Like They're not coming in with two outside-of-the-points riders and you're never really going to see them. Like Van Horbeck will ensure that we talk about Beta and it's actually something... Like they kind of get a return on investment. Because otherwise... Like, and and the sec- sec- second rider, sorry, is Jimmy Cloche, and he was the guy who... Is it Cloche? Cloche? Uh, one or the other. Clochette, who knows? Um, French, but, so it's probably got a bit of jazz in there. But I'm pretty sure he was uh, in Trentino the last round and won the EMX. Did he re- win a race, EMX 450? No, he won it all. 
he won every EMX Open, as I think. Unless he, well, he was definitely the best EMX Open rider in Trentino. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, if Beta were coming in with Jimmy Clochet and um, uh, name another rider who doesn't really, no one like everyone doesn't really know. I don't know another rider who's coming up from a national championship. Yeah, Beta would be in the paddock, but it would be so easy for us to just look past them and not mention them at all. Dismiss yeah. it. Absolutely. But whereas, yeah. but they've got Van Horbeek, so it's almost like. We we are going to have to talk about beta every single week, and I will be interviewing Van Horbeek multiple. Like so, that by signing Van Horbeek, which would have been more of an investment from them, they get more out of it. So it, it kind of is the right way to do things, I think. But um, speaking yeah. of that, uh, I am interviewing Van Horbeek either Saturday morning, no Saturday evening or Sunday morning. So we will get a lot of questions answered about what the beta does well and what it doesn't and all of that quite soon. Yeah. And then you can also ask, is it about the Monge 2? Uh, or uh, is it that the fire is still burning? I think the fire is still burning for it to be a two-year deal. To be fair, Van Horbeek's always one of those riders. He rides with a chip on his shoulder. And I feel like... I feel like... Him being in a position where, look, if he does really well next year, and when, by really well, I mean, if, he, if in Oman he goes 12-12, then we are all going to say how great Van Horbeek is going 12-12 on a beater. No one's going to give the beater really? any credit. Do you, Do you think? What? I think the bar will be lower than if he was on a Honda or a KTM. I don't know. It's... You've got to believe they're going to produce a good bike. Oh, eventually. But at round one, I'm not going to stand here and say that they're going to be top 10 straight away. Like, if, they, if he starts in the top 15, I think that'll be solid. And I think we'll all be slapping Van Horbeek on the back for that. So, like, he almost has a point to prove here. If he can be the that's person... Really, I, I don't know. I think that's, that, those, those expectations are a tad low. Okay. Okay. Right. We're going off on a tangent now. but. Bear with me. Fevra, Prado, Caroli, yep. Herlins, Sua, Koldenoff, uh, Geyser, Evans. Um, I feel like I'm missing a manufacturer there, and I? Oh, uh, Jazakonis, maybe. Olsen, Watson. Um, that's 11 riders. You're telling me if Van, Horbeek can, if Van Horbeek can get in that group, let alone uh, beating the... Help me out. The Nathan Watsons, the... Oh, God. The other Jonas. riders, Jesus, I've been out. Yeah, Tonus, Jesus, I've been out in GP paddock a while, haven't I? Um, you're telling me if, if Van Horbeek can come straight out around one and put the beta in that group of factory MXGP riders, you'll go, well, so he should. Yeah. So we're sat here after our own man, and we're talking about how um, Van Horbeek went 9-9 and uh, Koldenoff went 8-10. And we're going, are we going, well, that's a non-story. What's the point? There's nothing to talk about there. Are we going, how the hell did Van Horbeek beat a factory Yamaha with, well, you, in, in his first ride with a beater? You kind of dug yourself a grave on this one because you're the always, I reckon, if, if anybody's an avid listener to uh, these podcasts, uh, obviously go and consult your doctor and you're pretty mental. But you've always said that Van Horbeek starts very well. Yeah, but I'm not gonna. Oh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna place that as a higher. Uh, what would you say? I'm not gonna say that 
trumps the new bike, like there there will be teething problems. Do, like I've just said, the beta probably is going to be better than I expect, but I also damn well believe there will be um teething problems. Okay. I I just think maybe underestimated a tad. But you're you're saying tad. that you're saying that from round one to round um to round 20 or whatever it is, there will be no improvement. He'll come in at a certain level and he'll finish at a certain level. I'm saying he'll come in at a certain level and climb to the level you're talking about by the end of the season, maybe. You're just saying that, well, he'll just, yeah, he'll be there, he'll do that, and then, yeah, there we go. Well, we'll find out, but I, I kind of think with how he starts the year, like you say, the the chip on his shoulder about being on a beater, being the underdog, da 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 I think he'll given it's Jeremy Van Horvig, I think he'll rise to the challenge. Um, and then what will happen is the the bike will improve, obviously, for the year, like you've mentioned. That's quite right. But of, then you've got the um, the inconsistency of, of Van Horvig. So I don't know. I don't know. I understand what you're saying, but again, I you know just painting a picture of what we've seen in previous years. I just feel like everything Van Horvig does this year now is going to be a story. You got twelfth. Wow, that's interesting. You got ninth. Wow, that's interesting. You got nineteenth. Oh, why was that? Oh, you DNF'd. Oh, really? What's the problem with the bike? Like, I feel like everything that happens is going to be a story. Whereas um, you're going, you're going. Well, he finished ninth, and yeah, well, it's Van Orbeek. He starts strong. So, but the other thing you have to to think about is he's coming into this year with no pressure because no one's going to expect anything. But I don't think because on on, on that side people are going to say ah it's okay he's he's riding a new bike they're, you know it's, it's probably not set right it's you know going to improve it so he's actually coming into this year for the first time with no pressure on on p- performance. But I think you're I think you're putting too much weight in that. Like okay, that would be a valid point to discuss if he was still on an SR Honda, but he's not. Those factors kind of go out the window because he's in such a unique situation now where he's going to race. He'll be racing a bike in Oman that has had like three motor, well, three competitive motos done on it by that time. And for everyone, I've had this question a ton in the last 24 hours. KTM have not bought Beta. Like in the world, yeah, yeah, what is that about? Everyone, everyone think, everyone's seen that Beta has a team and just presumes that KTM have bought them like they bought Gas Gas. Beta is about as independent as you can possibly get. Like, they are coming into this with their eyes closed, essentially. And who, like, they will be very fresh to this. I did have a little chuckle when I was reading the comments. and It's just uh, the world we live um, in, isn't it? Like, it's just... A, it, yeah. Like, you can't even... I kind of feel like it's fair enough to presume that because after... Husqvarna was like, wow, that's incredible. And then Gas Gas happened, and now it's kind of like, well, who's they, who are they going to buy next? Yeah, it's the norm. It's like I said, um, when the Husqvarna thing happened, everyone was like so excited to see what see the Husqvarna team. And then when they launched Gas Gas, everyone was like, "Well, yeah, okay, brilliant." Like it's it's kind of been done. So everyone everyone's almost resigned to the fact now that KTM will buy another manufacturer at some point, and it will yeah, it's just it works, it happens, it won't be a yeah. So, well, thanks for just you know. Killing their dream. I don't think I've killed any dreams there, but <laughs> yeah, um, I, uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good for everyone. I think it'll be good for Van Horbeek. 
I think it's good for MXGP to have another factory team, another um, manufacturer. I think it'll be good for the fans because it's another thing to look at and another thing to get excited about. I think it'll be good yeah. for interest in the series and in the European motocross as a whole because I'm sure some American fans will maybe have a little peek to see what the beaters doing when maybe they wouldn't otherwise. So, yeah, I think it's all good, all great. Uh, another bit of news was uh, JWR finally announced a rider. Um, can I just say one more thing on the beater thing? Yeah, sure. Obviously, Jimmy Clochet is their second rider. I'm going to presume that they were in Trentino, looking around, saw him winning an X Open and went, well, he won't have a ride and he's cheap. There's no, I can't figure out any other connection there. There's no, like, Clochet is French. Um, SDM course is an Italian team. So there's no, like, connection there. What? Where's Beta actually from? Where does the company originate from? Tuscan. Where's Tuscan? Italy. Okay, yeah. So it's, it's a, so it's a very Italian affair. So, so like the French, there is no real connection to this random French rider. So I'm guessing they just were at Trentino, saw him do well, and were like, well, why not? Yeah, I guess it's kind of a bit weird how they haven't chosen kind of an up-and-coming 450 uh, Italian rider, but there we go. I'm trying to speak. Find, I'm trying to arrange to speak to Bob Sheff and Strybos at the moment because I'd be interested to know if Beta ever approached them. Good point. Because I tell you what, I did think the other day. Strybos's own KSRT team is obviously a bit in limbo at the moment because the Suzuki the Suzuki support has gone away. Would it not have been the most perfect fit for all parties if instead of Beta going with STM Course, they had gone with Strybos's team? Strybos then has something that he can put his experience to and also a project for once he's done racing. I kind of feel like that would have been the perfect marriage, but obviously moot point, but yeah, I just kind of thought it'd be the perfect link up. Yeah. So um, yeah, let's talk JWR because uh, there's still some riders which are available and you've just mentioned a couple. Well, I am... Is there much to say? They finally announced a rider, uh, Miro Sivanen, yep. who no one will really know, but at one point he was quite an upcoming talent. He's had a lot of injuries. Yeah. And just very, now very kind fast. of coming out the other side into MXGP. He could be good. Great in Sam. I did have a laugh. Uh, did you read the press release? I did. If you had taken a drink every single time work with speed was mentioned, I think you might be in hospital having your stomach pumped. <laughs> like, every, like, literally, the PR was literally like, every four words was, we want to work with a rider with, who has speed, we want to work with speed, we were looking for a rider who had speed, Miro has speed. Like, I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, all right. Um, it it kind of confused me. Uh, there was... Um, just so many uh, different quotes. I think that's the only any negative I could take away from uh, from it. Ah, is, my uh, comment wasn't a negative; it just made me laugh. I just—it was very clear that Miro has got speed, and they wanted to work with a rider with speed. The um, the thing for me is, uh, you know, for, you, you kind of study some riders coming through, and he was one of them. At uh, I think he's pretty much the same age as um, Prado. Uh, maybe Comrade Prado, um, that sort of age group. And he came up with the EMX125. And I remember him with the time when Natsuki, Prado, and 
Comrade were obviously at the forefront. I think, was it Maxime Renault as well in, in that class? And out of nowhere, I think it was Valkensvard in, in, in Miro's, one of those riders, which literally just came through the pack, absolutely flying. So he's definitely got the speed, definitely a good sand rider. I, didn't, I actually didn't know he was from Finland, so I learned something there. But yeah, I've seen him ride quite a few times. In, um, I, yeah, if, if, they can, if they can work with him and if he can work well with the bike, then um, yeah, it could be an interesting signing. But they're obviously going to announce another rider. Um, who's still out of contract? Who's still looking for a ride at the moment? Well, before you that, while you were um, having a little ramble there, I did some Googling. In yeah. 2015, Miro was 16. So what would that make him now? 22? I guess so, yeah. 12, 21. So actually older than Prado and Conrad. Well, actually, no, I think Conrad is 21 now. I think yeah, Prado they're all the same still... age, yeah. Actually, it's Prado's birthday today. Happy birthday to Prado. So I think he might have just turned 21. Yeah. But yeah, uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, hard to point. Um, yeah. So now, by the way, uh, I presume that the second KRT rider was going to be announced on January the 1st. I emailed them beforehand um, and they said it wouldn't be January the 1st, but it would be probably be this week sometime. Okay. Uh, they haven't told me who it is. It's Monticelli. I presume no one's even going to care about that announcement. It's very, no. it's been a very long no process. One. Um, no a one few cares. Team, a few teams have told me that they've even seen Monticelli riding the Kawasaki at public tracks in the Netherlands. Yeah. So, if anybody's surprised by this, then then where have you been? Well, in lockdown, obviously. You'll be surprised because uh, coming up in the Lea Ask Vice Anything segment, there is a question saying, "Are KRT having a second rider this year?" But um, yeah, so that's coming. So he technically, at the moment, in the eyes of the official. Word, he is out of contract, but he has a deal, so ignore that. Which leaves really Strybos and Bobrashev as your main points of interest. Like, of course, there's other riders who are on the fringe of even really deserving a deal, but like Strybos and Bobrashev are your main ones. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I can't see Strybos going back there, but maybe Bobrashev. Going back where? GWR. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, I didn't know where you were going that way with this. No, no, no. No, no, no. No. Yeah, there's no chance of him going back there. But what I'm saying is, who would who would their second rider be? Well, I'd say there's no chance of Bob as chef either. Well, you don't know. Well, we know JWR like either free riders or paid riders. Bob chef is neither of those. I would presume Bobrashev wouldn't ride for free. I guess not. And also, I I don't know the exact timeline of things, but Bobrashev, Par Holmes Husqvarna, by the way, RFX is no longer a title sponsor of that team, so that's a bit of in paddock news. Par Holmes okay. Husqvarna announced their team on Boxing Day, obviously not including Bobrashev. I don't know how long before then... Bobrashev actually knew he didn't have a ride. Because the common consensus was that Bobrashev would be back there. So there wasn't like... They're just, is it just one rider they've got, Josh Gilbert? As far as MXGP goes, yeah. And then there's a couple of EMX 250 riders, Florian, Miot, and Callum... Green? Callum Smith? A Callum of some... A British Callum of some kind? Brilliant. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah, I've, great knowledge there. 
hold on, I'll go on MXI's. I think they post. <laughs> I think they wrote it in there somewhere. Brilliant. And people criticizing that you don't know anything about British motocross. <laughs> no, it's just great work. Great work, I'm, Lewis. I've just, no, who's criticized me for that? Wait, hold on. Hold on. Let me find my list. Uh, do, 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 Honestly. do. I'm actually. Oh, here we yeah. go. Callum Mitchell. I was wrong. Not Callum Green or Smith. Callum Mitchell. Right. <laughs> great. Thanks for turning that. I gave um, two options. Neither were correct. <laughs> Uh, huge thank you to Fly Racing, Liap, Planet Motor Holidays, Brox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Even Strokes, Yoko Europe, and Talon Engineering. Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring round technology, conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. We'll be back in Vive with part two. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to top flight motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at Evenstrokes.com. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out Liat.com for more. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to episode 53 of the MX Vice Show podcast. As mentioned, it's uh, good to be here, good to be back, and... Huge thanks to Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, Even Strokes, Yoko Europe, and Talon Engineering. Those guys, as always, are the ones that support this show and other shows and also MX Vice as a whole. So uh, without those guys, we, we couldn't do what we, we want to be doing, which is this. 
This section, part two, is brought to you by Technical Touch with an air oil separated closed cartridge design that is well known in the MX world. The KYB factory kit suspension from our friends at Technical Touch was perfected on one of the toughest tracks in the MXGP series. With all anodized internal parts and DLC coated inner tubes, internal friction is reduced to the minimum. By adding a mid-speed valve, the KYB factory kit spring fork can be adjusted over a much broader range. One of the extra features of this factory suspension product is a custom spring collar, which provides more front wheel control and increased comfort on jump landings. You too can experience the best in off-road suspension that is used by the likes of Jeremy Sewer and Ben Watson. Head to technical-touch.com forward slash KYB hyphen factory hyphen kit hyphen suspension hyphen info for more information. So Lewis, it's good to chat about Beta JDBR. Uh, previously, there's not really that much happening else around Europe at the moment. I see that a few people joining up with teams in getting off the uh, the Christmas timber by starting again. I've seen that Horgmo said he's put on about Tuesday. Yeah, everyone is. Um, I've, spoke, I've spoken to a few people this week and everyone is starting to ramp up um, training now, like boot camp essentially. So obviously that would have normally take, happened in December, but obviously season's starting later, so everything's been pushed back a month. It'd be quite interesting to talk to some some of the riders about um, what their their, their pre season looks like and in, in about how they get you know back up to speed and, and and stuff like that. It would be maybe that's something that we could look into with somebody like Sean Simpson in the future or something like that to to find out those steps what they have to go through. I can tell you that Valentin Guido had eye surgery two weeks ago. That's one of his steps for the new season. Wow, to see that helps. Yeah, turns out he's been so what's that? With, um, that? he's been riding with contact lenses. For the last 10 years. Bloody hell. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So I guess he's had corrective um, eye surgery. Yeah, laser so eye surgery or whatever. Yeah. Bloody hell. Who it's knew? There's one thing for you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was close to a bombshell of the week. Close. Or not, not quite close. Then? Not quite, yeah. No, well, it's, it was good. It was good. Maybe it was a bombshell. Who knows? Oh, God, you, you're really making me work for the uh, Planet Motor bombshell this week. <laughs> All right, all right. Shall I give you the Planet Motor Bond? No, it's yeah, fine. Okay. We'll have another one. We'll have another one. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, okay. I'll work harder. I'll bring something else okay. to the table. Okay, I like I like this can-do attitude. This is, yeah. is this a new year, new you? Uh, for now, I'm five days in and the new year, new me is starting to get a bit burnt out. <laughs> wow. Five days, that's all it's taken. Um, I, I thought it's because of your life-death COVID experience that maybe um, you just took, took this with both hands. Um, no, I, I have very clear ideas of what MX Vice is going to be this year. And that involves, from that started from January the 1st. It's probably not quite clear yet, but let it be known that things are simmering in, my, in the background of my work day. It, is this you kind of figuring out, okay, I can't go to America, but what I can do is join the last part of the Dakar? Well, I didn't. I, this is a complete accident, right? So the first stage of the Dakar happened on Sunday, and I don't even know how I saw that. So, something popped up, and I was like, "I was like, oh, Andrew Short's doing that." And I was like, "Well, I'll have a little look. I don't really know how it works. I'll see how he did because like, I, I care about like Andrew Short is a big name. So like, as a motocross fan, I'm still like, well, I'll see." What now I was going through the results and I was like, oh, Jamie McCanny's doing it. Oh, fuck me. I remember him. Jesus. And I was like, oh, David Knight's doing it. Oh, Martin Mechek does Dakar now. Who knew? Like, there's loads of old GP riders. 
And I was, and I was like, hmm. I was like, well, this is quite interesting. And I was like, oh, bloody hell, that point means people would find it interesting, wouldn't it? So then I was like, well, bloody hell, I better put that on MX Vice. And here I am, deep in the Dakar. I know, I know deep what in the Dakar. Yeah. Well, I know what the stages are and everything. Stage four if tomorrow, was, let's go. If I was stood with a young Lewis Phillips and uh, a Stefan Everts in 2016, and someone told me that in 2021, <laughs> This time in five years' time, Lewis will be talking Paris-Dakar. I think that's just like, that's up there with COVID. And Peter is it, as a GP. It's not Paris-Dakar, is it? Isn't that uh, no, else? It's, not, it's the same thing, but it's not based in Paris. I'm not going to lie. I, I know very little. It's been difficult for me. I've had to do some serious Googling. I spent 15 minutes trying to figure out what country it was in. Well, on that note, if you do want to follow the action, uh, David Knight's basically... Uh, done the Dakar on his own. He's using a, a GoFundMe to try and get himself out of some serious debt from from going over there. Something he's wanted to do for for a long time. It's really interesting, actually. You can sign up uh, on his GoFundMe. You get behind the scenes information uh, where David talks to you about each day. So, if you would like to know a little bit more about uh, the Dakar and you want to get a little bit more involved um, and also support, uh, you know, something really cool then um, pop over to um, David Knight's GoFundMe page. Well, and, um, uh, show equally, your support. equally uh, Joel Rowland's dad is also doing the Dakar uh, to raise money for like paralyzed um, people and research and sort of stuff. Oh, that's mega. I had no idea. Yeah, so it's another one. There's so many Dakar. stories. Sorry, this is now the uh, MX5 Dakar show. What else can I tell Dakar you? Show. Well, Andrew Short, Dropped out of stage two with a bike problem. Turns out it was contaminated fuel. Would you believe it? Um, turns out they get the fuel from the organizers, which doesn't really make sense to me. So we'll gloss over that because I don't have much more to offer. And it was contaminated. Wow. So imagine that you actually have to get the fuel from the organizers. Uh, you do all this prep and spend all this money, and the organizers are the one who takes you down. Yeah, Yamaha released a statement on it, which is actually on MX Vice, because you know I'm all about the Dakar, so. There we go, the new place for your Dakar stories. MX I'll brace everyone, brace it, I'll brace everyone. Once we get to the end of next week and the Supercross is at fever pitch, the Dakar coverage may slip off quite dramatically. Just want to brace everyone. Uh, to be honest, anybody who goes on MX Vice or listens to this podcast will not be shocked at that statement. Just want to brace everyone. Just want to brace yeah. everyone. Like, if so it was those new people coming into the site, you know, oh my God, I can't believe we're doing Dakar. This is awesome. And then it's gone. Well, I have to admit as well, yesterday, uh, January the 4th, was exactly a year on from Anaheim 1 last year. And if it was Anaheim yeah. 1 again this year, we would not be covering the Dakar. But there's, it's the first week of January, and for the first time in God knows how long, there's no Supercross. So that has allowed me to flourish and flourish. see, see <laughs> other things. Flourish into of... Dakar. Yeah. Two words I never thought I'd hear you say. I'm seeing things clearly I... now the rain's gone. Okay. Oh, fuck. Now you're just quoting song lyrics. Yep. I, I t- to be honest, I think that's up there with... Yeah, 
What if factory teams head to Spain for riding where the weather and conditions are perfect? You can too. Planet Motor Holidays provide accommodation, meals, transport, and more. There's even a Planet Motor Academy running now, which is perfect to prepare for the 2021 racing season. Visit their site or social media at Planet Motor Holidays for more. That is your Planet Motor bombshell of the week, where Lewis said flourish and Dakar in the same sentence. Will never be done again. That might be your Planet Motor bombshell of the year. (laughs) <laughs> that's up there um okay so we have uh this very unentertaining game what people seem to like uh you've changed the rules uh more times than i can count but so so this game do you want to talk talk us through oh uh, yeah do you want to so, take, take um, it is a favorite amongst every mxgp rider i'm not sure about fans but i do know the mxgp paddock loves this so it shall continue Brilliant. for another year. Um, it's for Even Strokes' Are You Smarter Than a Birth game, uh, which is presented by, of course, Even Strokes. Uh, Even Strokes is an online shop with a range of offers on Talon, Wheels, uh, Fox, Yoko, Prox, and more. Be sure to visit evenstrokes.com for deals on products, especially as the new season edges closer. A lot of opportunities to get everything that you need to go racing at a great price. Now that's out of the way. If you remember the last show that we did when I had COVID, you actually got a lot of the questions right. I did. And the time before that, you actually won the game for the first time. So, what a I day. Put a, I put a little bit more thought into the questions this week, and it's quite exciting for me, because I've got there's five questions in front of me, and I would not be shocked if you get every single one right. But I also would not be shocked if you get every single one wrong. Like, it's I very... I don't know which, like, I did, like, they're not ridiculously hard, but they're also not exactly easy. So I feel like this is perfect. I should say that I have got a hangover. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm not in the greatest uh, okay, mindset we we of motocross at the moment with my lockdown uh, issues. Okay, so. well, thank you for that, but no one cares. So, um, okay. Okay. five questions. Okay. You need to get four of them. Correct to pass. Okay. Four okay, out of five this. correct to pass. You're allowed one slip up. Question okay. one. Uh, the easiest question to start. I what city? What city is the first round of 2021 Monster Energy Supercross in? <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> it's really easy. Like it's probably been on. Not only MX Vice, every single motocross social media, riders have been posting about it, media have been posting about it, Supercross has been posting, like, it's kind of everywhere. I need a city. You've got 10 seconds, and I'll start the timer now. The city? Yeah, the city. Not the state, the city. Five seconds remaining. Uh... Time's up, I need an answer. I'm going to go... I need an answer. Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) Where's that come from? (laughs) I don't don't actually fucking know. Of all the things I thought you were going to say, like, I did not think Seattle would come out of your mouth. Like, that's such such an obscure city to... I know. I was going going with Indianapolis or... um, uh, Utah. 
but well, no, I'm fine. Utah I would know. have. I would have. I would have. I would have like at least understood your Utah guess because obviously that was where it ended last year, and Indianapolis yeah. would have been close because that's rounds four, five, six. Um, yeah, but the first round and also the second round and the third round is in Houston, Texas. Oh fucking hell! I was going to say Houston. Well, clearly not because you just listed three cities and Houston wasn't in there. Um, oh, yeah, what see, a prick. Right. Question okay. two. Fly and start. Question two. Uh, sticking with the American theme, because um, obviously H1 is just around the corner, list all five of the 2021 Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki riders. Oh, um... You take your time. <laughs> I've got all the time in the world for you on this one, because to be honest, you couldn't name the city that Supercross is in. So I don't <laughs> have much hope for you. <laughs> Right, Forkner. That's one, yep. Uh, Shimoda. That's two. Uh, Marchbanks. That's incorrect, but I, I'll, let, oh. I'll, I'll let you keep guessing. I'll let you keep going. You can have one okay. wrong rider named before I strike you out. Okay. Um, You're looking for three more names. Hmm. Three more. Do you know what the worst thing is? Is I actually uh, looked at the um, images the other day. There are two of the riders were on the team year just gone. So. I know. I can't, I can't remember who they are. My head's a blank. This is okay. what happens when I drink. Okay. Um, they are. You got Faulkner. You got Shimoda. Um, yeah. Cameron McAdoo. Uh, yeah. Okay. Jordan Smith. I wouldn't have got Jordan Smith. I would have well, got you, and you definitely wouldn't have got Seth Hamaker. No, no. I, I, I was fucked on that as well, yeah. Okay, uh, this brilliant. Is, this is, this is going to be a zero day. <laughs> Name, moving back to MXGP, so maybe a bit more of your comfort zone. I mean, not really, okay. but who knows. Name four of the teammates that Clement DeSalle had in his MXGP career. Uh, for the teammates. Yep, four teammates. Is this on a, f- had- is this on a 450 or a in the team? What do you mean in the team? Well, when he was in Suzuki, there was like people on 250. So were they teammates or not? Not at that time, no. Because they so were technically Stribos. under a different order. Strybos is correct. Yeah, um, but obviously Jazakonis and C were no. But Strybos, um, uh, Febre. Correct. Two more you need. Um, bollocks, bollocks, bollocks. Um, 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 uh, oh, Lieber. Fast free. One more. One more. Uh, come on, you can do it. <laughs> oh, uh, Ben Tangley. No. No. Was Ben Tangley not on? Was he not on with Everts? Yeah, but DeSalle was never on Suzuki with Everts. Oh, okay. Let, let's take that one back then. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> one more. Uh, one more. It's got to be a Kawasaki thing. 
There's, there are Suzuki names. There are, there are a couple of Suzuki. There's actually more Suzuki names that you haven't mentioned than Kawasaki. Oh, Steve Ramon. That's correct. Bloody hell. Yes! Didn't that out of nowhere. Yeah. Ramon. Uh, you could have had Tanel Leok. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that. Uh, Kenderdijker. Wouldn't have got that. Jordi Tixier. Uh, that's the one I was thinking of in the first year uh, of Kawasaki. Well, you're on the board. That's one point. Congrats. Yes, finally. Wow, uh, what a relief. Pressure off. Name five riders oh. <laughs> who have won an overall on a Yamaha 450 since 2004. That was the year 450s were introduced into the series. So uh, every, every, okay. name five riders who have won an overall on a Yamaha since 2004. In the fourth right, Coppins, Everts. Yep. That's two, you need five. Uh, I don't know if Paul Ann's won an overall. I think he has, yeah. Paul Ann. That's correct. That's three. Um, Paul Ann. February. That's correct. That's four. Um, oh. One more. One more. Billy McKenzie was 250, wasn't he? Yeah, but was yeah. on a Yamaha, so well done. That was yeah. great work. Um, 450. Hmm. Just trying to think of previous. Oh, Jeremy Seaworth. That's correct. Wow. Yes. I mean, technically, I feel like you kind of lucked into Paul Lamb because you were probably trying to think if he won on Wilvo and he didn't, but he did sneak in one win in 2011 so um but yeah that's you got it uh you could have had yeah. cedric malott david philipparts uh kender Dyker, uh the little known rider antonio caroli um oh yeah right leoc frossard simpson van horbick been a few yeah uh final question who has had okay. the, the most overall wins in their career? Oh. Fevre? Yeah. Coppins? Yeah. Or Nagel? Mm, I'm going to go Coppins. That's incorrect. It was Fevre. Fucking hell. I only said Coppins because you fucking love him. I do. And you know what? When I was putting in that question, I made sure that Coppins wasn't the answer because I knew you'd do that. There we go, you sneaky bastard. Well, that's oh. two out of five. To be honest, after the way the first two questions went, I'm surprised you pulled it back <laughs> to at least get two points. Oh, what a prick. Yeah, the Houston thing was a bit of a, a, a shock to the system. Um, Speaking of Houston one, uh, failed to have announced that the international streaming package thing will be back for this year. So uh, that's all good. That's good news. And um, a little heads up as well. Obviously, good news for European fans is that seeing as it isn't starting in California, um, the time zone is a lot kinder to European fans. So Houston, uh, next Saturday, the night show, so the heat race, the first heat race and the live broadcast will start at midnight UK time, 1am in Europe, mainland Europe. So... 
if you want to watch Houston live, it's midnight until 3 a.m., which isn't bad. Like, normally for Anaheim Count- 1, it's 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., so. Count me in. I'm there. Yeah, I think I'm going to try and change my body clock to American time because uh, I want to do like press, co- I've got to do like press conferences and stuff because they're all virtual still because of COVID. So, yeah. Well, one, one of the things I wanted to discuss with you, um, because you've always been uh, kind of against, if you're not there, you don't want to talk about. However, I think your opinion does matter. Yeah, I and... think I've paid my dues enough now. I've been there, like, I've done five years of it. Like, I've paid my dues enough. Yeah, and, and not only that, I think there's people you can kind of um, talk to out there, which will give you some valuable insights. So are we going to see you more involved, even though you're not there? Are we going to see more... more Lewis Phillips' opinions? Yeah, and I'm going to do all the press conferences, and obviously I've got a great source in Max Anstey, who basically I send questions to every day now about who looks good and what were so-and-so's times like and who how's the thingy looking and do you know anything about this bike? So, yeah. Well, um, as the, so you've just uh, opened yourself up there. So uh, everybody's going to be uh, wanting to know and, and everybody's going to be very curious about how Max is going to perform um, over the first three rounds. So, so what do you know in, in the background about Max? How is he developing? How's, you know, is he totally injury-free now? Is he, uh, is he in a good place? He's, he, I can tell you for a fact, he's very excited to go racing, which is good. Good, good. We like an excited Max. There have been... It's definitely going well at the moment. Like, everything is ticking along as it should. There's been no issues. Um, Everything is in a good place. And there have been some positive signs and stuff, so... Excellent. And um, as in in goals and explanations of... uh, Sorry, explanations. Goals and expectations of Lewis Phillips for Max, where where would... uh, What sort of position... Uh, what would your goals for Max be? To be honest, based on what I've heard from him lately, I would almost bump my expectations up a tiny bit. Really? Mm. It's going that well? Well, it depends what that, what that well is. Because I was always like, well, we'll see. Like First round's the first round, and then from there, like, it'll get better. But like, you, well, you see the videos, and I don't... Did you watch for Tony Alessi... Um, race day simulation thing no i did not. oh well basically moto concepts and hep um met up at a track in madeira and basically did a race day simulation so they did a supercross schedule essentially like heat race yeah. for six minutes plus one lap and then the main event for 20 minutes plus one lap like and all exactly as it would be on race day so it was hep versus the three moto concepts riders because tickle wasn't there and yeah. even watching that, like, because Tony Leslie live streamed it on Ig, um, Max looks good. I mean, really? if anyone did, what if you watched it? If you haven't watched it, they are still on Tony Leslie's Instagram, and I recommend watching the second day because the battle between Max and Benny Bloss is um, pretty special. Oh, oh! I'm gonna, I'm gonna head over there. Good find, Lewis Phillips. There good is a find. lot of squaring off in every corner. I think they pass each other like ten times. Wow. Yeah. But no, no it's, it's, I think it's all good. It's all good. I wish I was there to, um, because obviously I, I could bring something to the table for his program and probably elevate his positions tenfold, but unfortunately I'm not. Ugh. No, that's got me excited now. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling excited. 
it's it, how cool is it though to have um uh and, and it's it's you know but at the end of the day I am I'm British and it is just cool to have a, a British guy um in the Supercross. Have you heard but of Dean I, I love Yeah, but I get confused with Dean. I know he's British and he's from the UK, but then I get confused with like he's he's from Scotland. And then there's Nicholas Sturgeon who's gone on about Scotland should be um you know, on its own, and and then there's a little bit that he's Canadian and in he's kind of American, and I, I'm no, so I get confused. what you mean. I get what you, I get what you mean. I, 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 yeah, I, I, you know, I super respect Dean. In in he's awesome and everything else, and he's freaking brilliant with MX Vice. But it's I don't know. I, f- I feel I feel like it's it's different, isn't it? Like I know Max, you know, lived out in America and stuff like that, but he's been in the GPS, and I don't know. Maybe if I don't know. I, I I think it's. Did you see on December the twenty eighth that a Spanish website said that Prado would be doing the first six round? I did, and that did make me chuckle because like um, uh, everyone was sharing this Spanish website. So I text Prado, as you obviously probably know, I guess, and uh, yep. Prado replied saying that it is uh, apparently December the twenty eighth is. Effectively, April Fool's Day in Spain. Which, to be honest, if you're trying to play a prank on someone, putting April Fool's Day in December is a pretty good way of going about it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what, what, what's more to fool? Uh, thinking that April Fool's is in December, or uh, yeah, he's doing it's not America, officially but April Fool's, but it's called something like Holy. What was it? Holy, Holy something day, and no, it's it's called Holy something day, like Holy Trillion or something. And the way that yeah. it's celebrated is by playing pranks on people. Fun fact, which is great if you're if you're in Spain. But anybody yeah, but else when you're Spain international, and you have no idea. It's not great. Yeah, I bet KTM were pleased with that. Well, to be fair, that if that's like that Spanish website may have all it takes is one person to see it and share it, and just goes up wildfire, doesn't it? Yeah, surprised the server stayed up. Um, Okay, so swiftly moving on to uh, the next section of our podcast, which is brought to you by Liat, which is Liat Ask Vice Anything. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Did you know that the Liat net brace is proven to reduce the risk of serious injury by up to 47%? Did you know it's highly adjustable to fit riders on of all levels? Redefine your limits with confidence and choose Liat, the sponsors of this Ask Vice Anything segment. Remember, Liat can now cater to your needs with helmet, goggles, gear, and boots. Everything you need can be found at Liat. Buy a new 9.5 carbon helmet and get a free set of Liat goggles. Big thanks to Liat. Uh, I think, what's this, the third year we've been working with Liat, which is cool. Is it third or second? second? Second. Second. Feels like three. Um, uh, Huge shout out to Dave King. Really good guy. On the ball with absolutely everything. If you've not tried Liat, then I suggest you do so. The neck braces are are, are awesome. Uh, I've seen the helmets. The helmets are absolutely fantastic. Uh, I've talked before about the presentation. You get the helmet bag, you get free goggles, everything else. Super, super cool. Great to have those guys with us for another year. So, Lewis. How were the questions? Did we have many questions? 
Well, you can see the list in front of you, but I mean, I if, know, you stick around, if you stick around you... in the podcast, you'll find out what the questions are like. Well, uh, I only ask because you only choose the questions that you kind of want to choose, don't you? So um... no, no, I pretty much put all of them in this week. Oh no, okay. I didn't really. I didn't really. That's a lie. Okay. I'm very confused now because I was just interested to see if you were still had quite a lot of questions, but um, there we go. Right. Uh, at Henk Jan Lowy. Lewis and James, predictions for top five in 450 SX and Max Anstey's best SX result. You better go first, Lewis. I strongly, strongly put uh, Cooper Webb as my favourite. And because I, I, gen- I think I've said it on a previous podcast, I genuinely believe that people overlook how good he was just before that Atlanta crash last year or Arlington. I think it was Arlington. Yeah, Arlington crash last year. Um, the end, how though, good, wasn't it? Yeah, and how good he was after it. Like, take that crash out of it, and it would have been a lot closer than it was. So I strongly be- and I, like chip on the shoulder, blah blah blah. I strongly believe he's going to come out firing this year, and remind everyone how good he is uh for top i guess it well i guess we're doing championship so i'll just do championship uh so yeah okay. web would be my favorite tomac second third third Roxon. i don't know i'm scared about Roxon. who knows like genuinely who knows no i think <laughs> i think i think uh Roxon. i think Roxon third uh i would go osborne fourth and anderson fifth I feel like I'm missing someone, but maybe not. I'll tell you who that's I'm really. Kind of that's that's my top five. I feel. Like, I'll tell you who I'm really unsure of. Oh shit! I just forgot about AC. There you go. I knew I was forgetting someone. AC third. Um. Yeah. Okay. AC third. Rocks and fourth. fourth. Oh, there you go. And then Osborne. I think yeah, Os- Os- Osborne's going to be very consistent this year. I think Sexton will... I, 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 want, I kind of want to put Sexton Shit, in that Sexton, top five yeah. somewhere as well. I don't really know Fuck. where to put him at the moment. When you start reading off, that, that just shows how tight it's going to be this year. Well, and then you've got Frandis, Barsha. I think Barsha will be really good on the gas gas. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, his yeah, top Fran- end won't and- be much higher because he won races last year and the year before, but I feel like his consistency yeah. will be there. Do you see Ferrandis taking a win this year? No. I'm not really feeling the Ferrandis hype, to be honest. I don't know. I but if it's a question think... of who's going to do better between Sexton and Ferrandis, then I'm Sexton all day long. Yeah, it kind of has that year, but I don't know. Ferrandis has been looked so good the last couple of years. Um, oh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I am really excited. Since the Max talk in this, how mental is it that the Ferrandis, like, I almost feel like the Ferrandis who's in America is a completely different person to the Ferrandis who rode for CLS and GPs and just kind of... Yeah, and we were chatting to in Trentino and stuff like that. Yeah, Like, just did stuff. Like, he didn't, like, he never lit, lit the world on fire in GPs. He just was kind of a second, third, fourth pace rider. Yeah, but he showed glimpses, didn't he? He showed glimpses of... Um, oh, nothing of, on of, the level of this, though. No, no, nothing on level. But you got to see little... But he excited you. Um, but he's just managed to put the whole thing together in America and it's been on another level. And, and actually, when you start to think about where he came from, 
and where he is now. That's, that's pretty unbelievable. To be able to grow that much and, and take, you know, step it up that much, I think it's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what, what he does in his rookie year. Uh, you're quite right, Sexton. Like that, that whole top seven, top eight is it's crazy. The whole top 10, actually. Maybe 15. And on that note, when you start reading off those names, then where do we see Max? Best SX result. I want to say fifth, sixth, seventh. Do you? Wow. Okay. At some point, injuries will come in. But then again, if there's a mudder, who knows? Mudder, yeah. Jeez. Okay. I didn't think about that. So mudder, yeah, he is going to get that. Um, yeah, him and, yeah. Uh, well, I, I would go, I would have gone, say, 10th without a mudder. But, um, yeah, actually, now you're saying mudder, then, yeah, 6th six, six or 7th, I would have thought, with a mudder. I say I say sixth or seventh without a mudder, maybe even better. I don't know. It's very. Conf- I genuinely don't know what to expect from Supercross. I'm at, like, it's going to be so exciting next Saturday when the gates drop because I truthfully don't really know what I'm going to see from anyone. If Sexton went out and won the first round, I'd be like, well, I'm not shocked. If Barsha went out and won the, won the first round again, I'd be like, well, yeah, I'm not like that's yeah, that's a bit out of left field, but I'm not exactly losing my mind over how crazy that is. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I genuinely think it's going to be so good to watch. And you know, I'll tell you what the best part is. I said this to someone the other day. Um, the worst thing about Supercross is after the first round, you're so excited and the wait for the second round just feels like an eternity. Not this year. Yeah. Saturday rolls around. Oh, can't wait for round two. Well, Tuesday, we're straight back in there. Like that, I can't, that's, that's going to be good. That's insane. That's going to be so good. To be honest, I don't really care about the lockdown for this reason, because I'm like, well, I'll just watch Supercross. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Are you going to be doing the Pulp MX, uh, MX Manager again? What? Fantasy Manager? Because you, you done Pulp last year, didn't you? Oh, Pulp Fantasy? Yeah. Yeah, I do it every year. I love Pulp Fantasy. Cool. Um, yeah, I... You might have to explain it to me. I might try. Well, I'm not going to do that because I've tried it before and you just you do not understand. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It, but I, it's just fun um, talking to you about it and, and getting you to try and tell me about how great it is and, and how, how I got to play it. I, I tried to explain to James a handicap system because I kind of was thinking about using it for our fantasy game. And he literally looked at me like I was trying to explain to him how planes fly. It was like trying to talk fucking Russian. He literally just, literally not one single bit of information I was telling him kind of went in. Yeah. But I, I guess it's about it, trying to explain the offside rule. Uh, to well, I don't, know, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Okay, so at Racer998, do you foresee Beta fielding a team in the USA in a few years? I don't really know much about Beta as far as... You need to. That's well, your job. Well, I've been trying to find... In the last 24 hours, I've been trying to find who the pit buyer of Beta is, and it's surprisingly difficult. Um, you know who would know? Who? Our Italian correspondent, Lorenzo. That's a good point. Get Lorenzo on the case. I well, know, actually, that's I was, what I'm here for. I, I, I was going to ask um, 
if Dave King of Liat knew, because obviously Johnny Walker is a heavy Liat athlete, and he's now signed for Beta, so I didn't know if that was there'd be some kind of connection there. But yeah, I'm, I want to. I need to speak to that guy, but I don't know who that guy is, or maybe it's a woman. Who knows? Like, I genuinely have no idea who it is. But Get Lorenzo I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I was a bit disappointed by Beta's announcement. Well, what did you expect? Well, it was just an Instagram post with a blurry photo. I don't know. I just felt I just kind of wanted a bigger more. Hoo-ha. Like just More. like a high, maybe a high def photo of the bike. Like there isn't even a, there wasn't even a quote from a team manager or a rider. Like maybe that's know. why they they haven't got a bike yet, so they didn't want to do a high resolution they one. So they bike, could, like there's videos of Van Horbeek riding it. Cool. Uh, that was a joke. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of think that if it's successful in the GPS, it wouldn't surprise me if um. Uh, they, they look to do more in the US, especially no, if they're I, working I with the US distributor. I disagree really? because... Um, it's a huge market. Uh, I disagree because, like I said about how they've got a good enduro bike, so surely the jump to a good motocross bike can't be too far. A jump to a good supercross bike is a whole different ballgame, first of all. And Beta as a manufacturer seem to be very, very, very European. Yeah, but I'm guessing... I'm guessing uh, not many people would go out and buy a dirt bike to do supercross. Most people would go out and buy a dirt bike well, in America to do but this is saying, dirt bike riding. Yeah, but this is saying, do you foresee Beta fielding a team in the USA? So that's a supercross. Yeah, I was team. thinking outdoor, motocross. There's not, you don't have teams in America who just do outdoor. <sighs> that isn't a thing. Do you know what? Do you know what? Maybe Clement DeSalle needs to get onto uh, Beta and say, no, I'll run no, your team no, for the US no, no. Nationals. No, no, you're very wrong with everything you're saying. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I can't. I can't. I just can't see them filled in the US team purely because, like I say, in my mind, they're such a European company that I'd imagine they wouldn't even know where to start. But the greatest answer to this question, I guess, is I don't know. Is there a beta team in GNCC or Works in America? Because if there is, that's already a step. But I don't feel like there is and if they're not in enduro in america they're sure as hell not going to be in supercross anytime soon okay uh at jason m stone here's the question are kawasaki getting a second rider uh monticelli announcement this week i think hopefully that's the plan yeah there we go so if uh if there are people who still didn't know that then that is the plan uh at ford two three eight any news on Stroibos and Bobrashev for 2021? We kind of uh, talked about this a little bit earlier in part. Suzuki one, don't want to support Stroibos. Um, well, I don't want to support so anyone. Suzuki in Europe is is pretty much done. Yeah. Yeah. There's no budget. There's no nothing. There's, there's this, this. let alone. But I don't even think Stroibos wanted budget from them. I think he just wanted bikes, and they wouldn't even do that. Holy shit! Um, Wait, this, this is what I find incredible because. They they they've got massive success on the on the roadside, huge success in racing. So it's not like Suzuki's done as a as a company or anything like that. They're very successful in, in road. So I just can't understand why they've just pretty much just put the brakes on off road. When they've well, you know the, the, it's just baffling. I hear I heard from someone that there's a new Suzuki coming out as well in like. A year, two years, like a new, like a, be, 
that would be even more baffling because all they're doing is basically everybody who's you know loves Suzuki and you know are, are buying other manufacturers' bikes. It's I, I don't know, I don't know. I just I, it's just crazy. Um, it would be good to see Stryboss and Bobrushev back. Is Stryboss injury free now? I know he had another operation. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and Stryboss does want to race and. Truthfully, I think Strybos should still race. Like, I do genuinely think he can still do some decent stuff. Um, like, I think he can get in the top 10 still. Look at, what was it, Udavala last year on the JWR bike? He was really good. So He was really good. I don't think, I don't think he should retire yet, unless, obviously, if there's nothing out there. Um, and Bobashev, the thing is, if you look now at where these people can go, there's nowhere. There's just nowhere. Unless a team is going to open up the best, maybe the best place from a like, um, from a getting paid point of view would be if there's a team that kind of brings you on as a test rider slash fill-in rider. Do you know what? The only time I hear from Strybos now is when he takes the piss out of me on Twitter. Well, that's unbelievable. Kevin just loves to pop on Twitter and just give me shit. I passed my well, bike test and he sent a message saying, how much did you pay for it? It's a fair question. You don't even know yeah, what I think Supercross is in, so I can't imagine you're much use in other situations. All right. Well, um, Bobashev, hopefully he's back on the line. Strybos, hopefully back on the line. I almost no feel like there's more chance of Strybos doing MXGP this year than Bobashev. Yeah. Yeah. Because at too. least Strybos has the framework of his own team to fall back on. Like, he doesn't have support from a manufacturer at the moment, but at least that framework is there. Bobashev is kind of just out in the open with nothing. Yeah. I am very surprised that Bobashev isn't back at Parhome Tuscavana. And I'm speaking, I'm actually going to interview Neil Prince this week sometime, I think. So I'm interested wow. to find out what happened there. Okay. Uh, at Leaford, has Lewis asked Dylan Woodcock how he got into the US for Supercross? Yes. Um, basically, long story short, there's this B visa that you can get, which allows you to stay in America for six months and enter whenever you want. It's like a, it lasts for 10 years and you can basically do what you like. Um, and I would actually be eligible for it, but they aren't accepting applicants at the moment because of COVID. And Dylan has one already, so like no problem. And I can't get one. So, Oh, wow. Rest in how, peace. How much does that hurt? Quite a lot, but you know, it's a difficult. It's a difficult time we live in. There we go. Um, at uh, Alice, why? Oh, sorry. Underscore Alice. Why did Paul's Jonas move from Husfarna to Gas Gas? Can't wait for the season. Yeah, it was just an internal switch, wasn't it? Like Husqvarna had Olsen coming up, and he's kind of been Husqvarna's. Um, what would you call it? Like their guy Apologize. since their return. Um, so it just made sense for him to move to Gas Gas. And as I've stated many times, I think Jonas on a Gas Gas is going to be the surprise of the season and also heading into the season will be the most underrated rider. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. At Cow Crossland 26, what would you like to see from motocross in 10 years' time? I really hope that I have a new partner to do this podcast with. <laughs> you prick. Um, um, in 10 years, I'll be uh, 55. 
So if I've got a part of you for another 10 years, then fucking hell. I'd hope to see motocross, like, I don't know. I'd ho- I guess I'd hope that it's not electric bikes in 10 years, but I doubt it would be. Do you know what? That's what I hope to see. What? Not electric bikes? No, I hope to see electric bikes. Why? Because I think it's the future for motocross. It's like, it'll be like watching scale electrics. Who cares? At the end of the day, we're going down a very deep precipice in the fact that not just in the UK, but everywhere around, everything's getting closed down because of noise. People building big houses in the middle of frigging uh, motocross tracks in, in, in places. Uh, you're never going to fight the law. No one's ever going to be, um, oh, great loads of noise on my Sunday when I'm sat relaxing after working all week. They don't get it. So what electric bikes do is A, it, no one can complain. You can literally set up a motocross track in a village and no one can complain. Fantastic. You can have more tracks, uh, more uh, variety of tracks. Um, tracks which are closed down can now reopen um, until they find another excuse. The second thing is maintenance. It, you know, cost of actually um, getting into motocross is going to be a lot cheaper. Um, replacing batteries instead of engines is 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 way cheaper. Um, obviously, there's going to be a different type of expertise, but that 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 will evolve. I just think as negative and as much as people harp on about you know noise of electric bikes and, and everything else, electric motorcycles, stamp it now will will be a revolution change for. Um, motocross it will make it more affordable and and also that i will fight anybody fight them to the death if uh, anybody wants to uh, go against that obviously in 10 years well in 10 years i hope that things are much like they are now because i quite like motocross at the moment yeah i, I no i'm not complaining we're in a great place apart from COVID. i actually don't know what i'd like to see improved if anything like I just like it so much. Uh, I would like to see uh, maybe some research into stem cells uh, for spinal cord injuries. Well, that's a greater issue than just motocross. I hope in 10 years' time, medicine comes on, you know, as far as it can to, to, to stop that. So two things. Electric motorcycles, I think, would be great for the sport. And second thing, stem cell. Research for oh. spinal cord injuries. There we go. Great Boom. answers. Great answers. Okay. Yeah, great answers. Okay, at Weekend Warrior Blog, if you were to build an MXGP team from the riders currently without rides, who would you choose? Any two riders and can be in any class, including EMX. Also, what manufacturer would be most excited to work with? Wow. Well, there's not really a lot of riders to choose from. No. Unless you pull someone in from national championships or you bump someone up from EMX. Um, uh, but then all the riders are under contract. Do you know what would be really funny? What? Is make Tommy come back to GPs by paying him an extraordinary amount of money, which would make him want to, and then just hear him moan every week. I don't think he'd even do it for that. <laughs> I know, but it would be funny. Um, I'm trying to think who's even out of contract. I think I'll do what I said. And you know how um, JGR once had Phil Nicoletti in a basically test rider, fill-in rider position? 
Yep. Uh, I'll take Strybos in that capacity. Yeah, good one. Um, who would I have on track, though? Who is out of con? I would have had Van Horbeek if they announced Peter yesterday. Um, yeah. Uh, wow, this is difficult. Who's out it's of contract? Very difficult now. I thought you'd done a, a, an article the other day with yeah, um, no one. Yeah, contract riders. Yeah. There was only four riders on there. And that included Van Horbeck, who's well, now. Yeah, it must have took you about, what, 10 minutes to do that article, and you said probably, probably passed it off as a four hour job. You have no <laughs> idea what goes in <laughs> to anything. Yeah. You know what? What? I know. Really I know. Any options. No, I've got some. I've got two. Do you know what? Do you know what I'd have? Who? I'd go full-blown US and have Rodriguez and Welton. That's not bad, actually. I know, and it would be the stylish, coolest mofo team. And I'd name my team Steve McQueen Kawasaki. Okay, that's you're going a bit off the deep end now, but... No, I wouldn't. It would just be a homage to Steve McQueen. We wouldn't have, even have any sponsors. We'd just have Steve McQueen with a fag coming out his mouth on the rad panels. I'll tell you what. And on and the shirt would just be be cool. Right. I've sorted out my team. I would actually also uh I would go back to Camel and um I'd have a silhouette camel, get sponsorship from Camel, but we wouldn't advertise our products. A silhouette of a camel called Steve McQueen Kawasaki. How fucking cool would that be? And then we'd just sit around drinking beer and smoking fags. I've sorted out my team. And you're going to okay. hate my team because it's a lot better than yours. What, Star better than Rodriguez and Welton? Star Rider, Blake Baggett. Oh. Bosh. Second Rider. Actually, Phil Nicoletti, speaking of him, is out of contract at the moment. Second Rider, Phil Nicoletti, he's handy outdoors. And then I'll have... And then, yeah, I'll, I'll dabble in... I'll put... um. Strybos in on as a test rider slash filling rider because he'll bring my team. Actually, no, Strybos is my team manager. I don't want to deal with that shit. Strybos okay. uh, uh, You have Strybos as your team manager. I have Bob Rashev. Okay. Okay. Well, well, we'll battle some. Actually, death. actually, uh, given that I've got Rodriguez and Welton, and we're sponsored by Camel, and we smoke, then I might give Monticelli, um, he might actually run the team. Because okay. he likes to partay. You're going down a rabbit hole now. Next question. Okay. At Masters MX 2013, actually, forget that. I'll have Billy McKenzie. Billy McKenzie is my team manager. Fair enough. Let's make it happen. If I win the lottery, that's what I'm doing. Rodriguez, uh, Steve McQueen, Kawasaki, Marshall Welton, and Billy McKenzie as team manager. It would just be fucking hilarious. Good times. And we will win that EMX 450 championship, bitches. Oh, you're going uh, into EMX Open? Why not? Let's do it. Let's light that know. motherfucker up. Okay. Right, at Masters, EMX 2013, seeing as we have no idea of who will be on what coast, do you think Jet Lawrence will want to race Fortner to mess with his head? Um, 
First of all, it's not Jet's decision. Uh, second of all, Jet all right. is all right. Jesus. <laughs> second of all, Jet is racing. Um... <laughs> A bit harsh to feel. <laughs> what is isn't. Jet is racing East Coast, which is Houston. not his decision. It's, it's not, not his decision. Um, Jet is racing East Coast, which is Houston, and so on. So wherever Faulkner ends up, I actually don't have a clue who uh, who Pro Circuit will put where. I kind of have a feeling they might put Faulkner on East, but then I'm trying to think when he actually got back on a bike. I feel like he got back on a bike quite a while ago now. Yeah, he did. Like, I feel like it was maybe September time, October. But yeah, um, yeah. Jet is uh, East Coast, which is the first round because. The coasts don't really make as much sense as they used to now, as far as like everyone knew the West Coast meant the first one. The East is the first. Yeah. Yeah. At Ryan G437, do you think we'll ever see an official round of AMA SX somewhere like Europe or Australia? The series has huge global following, and if Feld wants to continue to grow the sport, it would seem smart to cash in on that support. It was COVID's but paid to that idea. Um but it, was it was a real it, wasn't it? It was like it was in the works. Like it was more than just an idea. It was kind of a plan before COVID. For Europe, I don't think it would ever go Australia. Uh I've also did I did I not hear rumors or something circulating? It might have been uh, listening to Pulp MX or something like that, where wasn't it like Abu Dhabi or uh, yeah, some, UAE Saudi or Arabia or something? Yeah, and they were going to fly all the teams in and pay for all logistics and everything. I think that rumor was a couple of years ago now, maybe or maybe uh, not. Okay, I know I but heard yeah, something, but yeah, there was talk of Europe as well because obviously I would imagine if they took AMA Supercross to Paris, I would imagine they'll sell out that stadium, but then maybe not. But I'd imagine, like, I would think that a lot of people oh, would travel Paris. from England. Paris, Paris would easily be sold out for an AMA Supercross race. Like, you'd think a lot of people would travel from England, wouldn't you? Oh, massively. Let alone, every, let alone travel Belgium, from Germany. Yeah, absolutely. For for AMA Supercross round in Europe, people would come. Oh, what to see to see those riders? Absolutely, it'd be mega. If I ever did it. I just hope that it stays exactly how it is in America. Like it has to be same, same, same format, same style, everything. Same format, but I'm more thinking like opening ceremonies and stuff. I don't want like I don't want flamethrowers like they have at the European supercrosses. I want the lasers and I want the fire no, and, and and no French commentary. Just because yeah, I was going to say that doesn't need French yeah. commentary. Yep, yeah, I want an American flown over to commentate. I want to sit in those stands. And think I'm in America. I don't want to think I'm in France because that'll spoil it. Yeah. And I say for, I say France. That isn't actually happening. I'm just using it as an example. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad we agreed with that. Okay. Last question at Leverett. Uh, following on from that, I really enjoyed the SMX event in that MXG uh, event that MXGP put on a few years ago. Likely to ever see it back. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, you know I what's think. funny. I don't know why. Because the racing was really good between Geyser and Dungey and stuff. I remember that just being, this is cool. I was actually thinking about that race last week, and I can't even remember why. But it is the most, like, it's not been mentioned. It's not been mentioned since. Yeah, it's, 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 it's mental. Like, the racing was absolutely fantastic. However, yeah, there was yeah. nobody there. And to, but to be fair, it's not needed, is it? Like, it's not a necessity for anyone. Like, and I, I think the whole 
idea of like cheering for manufacturers whilst it makes sense on paper i don't think it will ever catch on because this is an f1 for some reason we don't like mxgp yeah. that was a bollocks idea well no it's, it's the only way you can do it though mxgp has a manufacturer standings um every year and for some reason in this sport we just don't really pay attention to it whereas in f1 and stuff the constructors championship is like just as big as the drivers championship but it's not i don't know why it's, i guess it's just the way this sport is built and the way we all from a young age we're just not told or encouraged to look at the manufacturer standings and cheer no. for yamaha you cheer for the riders rather than the teams maybe that's a yeah but again maybe that's the whole thing. thing that's that's been going on 40 odd years so so is the know. manufacturer standings in mxgp like but you're just not taught or encouraged to cheer for a manufacturer you cheer for the rider no matter what which is a good thing yeah, but if if you if you do watch Formula One, it's kind of ingrained in every every show, every event. Constructors, constructors, constructors. In in MXGP, it's not. And it's I'd not, imagine it, part of that reason is at the end of the day, we have six manufacturers. You know that in MXGP, Kawasaki aren't going to be in the race. You know that Suzuki definitely aren't going to be in the race. You know that Husqvarna probably aren't going to be in the race. So then, very quickly, without even running a race you kind of know how that's going to shake out. So rather than it being an exciting thing to follow, it's kind of like a formality because what the hell would have to happen for there to be a major shakeup in the manufacturer standings? Mm, I don't even know if it's possible to have one. That's all the questions. Uh, huge thank you to all the questions this week. Um, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast. It's, uh, it's a bit of a shorter one today. But it's a bit of a compact one before we, uh, well, first one of the year and first one in lockdown. We'll be back next week, uh, hopefully with a, a few more uh, interesting observations. What, how's your week ahead look, Lewis? Um, all right. How does yours look? Looking good. Looking good. I'm not going to go clubbing this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that for a couple of weeks. Um, I'm thinking about having a, a rave in a quarry because um, I've got 10 grand to burn. So. If you want to come down for that, you can. I don't understand that joke, but... Well, uh, yeah, that's why I'm wasted. Absolutely wasted. Basically, uh, if you um, obviously seem to uh, start a, a party or facilitate an event or whatever, you get um, charged £10,000 or fined £10,000. Oh, by I'm not sure where the quarry... Company, so. I'm not really sure where the quarry comes into that, though. Because oh, in, in the 90s, there was like lots of raves and quarries and stuff like that. Well, cause... that sounds bloody stupid. What a stupid place to have a party. Says somebody who never comes out of his bedroom, apart from to go to a GP. You, you have no idea Great. what goes on in my life. Huge, huge thank you to all our sponsors. The show's brought to you by Fly Racing, Liat, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, Technical Touch, Hinson, KYB, even strokes, Yoko Europe, and Talon Engineering. Great to have those guys on board again. We are looking forward to 2021. Lots of new podcast shows. So many changes going on on MX Vice behind the scenes. MX Manager is coming back. We will have um, some statements on MX Manager going up onto the site this week. And we will start talking about the GP season with MX Manager soon. And also the previous, because. 
But we'll, have, yes, we'll, we'll, have, we, we'll probably have that sorted for next week. We will have that sorted for next week, a definitive plan of what we are going to do, which is going to be great for everybody. On that note, great to be back. We will see you this time next week. Say bye, Liz. See ya. You are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Even Strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com. Hinson is the world-leading manufacturer of clutch baskets, clutch covers, clutch discs, and springs for both dirt bikes and quads. Hinson products are used by many leading riders like HRC Honda, Monster Energy Kawasaki, KTM Factory Racing, and Monster Energy Yamaha Factory Racing. Shop for Hinson products at technical-touch.com. Talon wheels have been iconic in the industry for over 30 years. Designed, built, and manufactured in the UK. Talon wheels, sprockets, and footrests, and clutch baskets are used by professional riders like Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne, and Sean Simpson. Head over to www.talon-eng.co.uk for more info. Liat, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more. Technical Touch have been supplying KYB OEM spare parts and factory kit suspension in Europe for decades. Many of the riders you see on track in the FIM Motocross World Championship are using KYB suspension from Technical Touch. Whether you are looking for factory kit suspension or KYB spare parts and oils, they have you covered. Shop now at www.technical-touch.com. Yoko have returned to Top Flight Motocross with a bang. The Yoko Vili collection is made with racing in mind and designed to be the lightest and most flexible motocross gear on the market. Go to yokoeurope.com to locate your nearest dealer or shop online. The MX Vice Show. Show.